0: This is coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to drive the lane podcast.
1: Welcome back to drive the lane. The Buckeyes are riding a four game losing streak in basketball, but that's not stopping us from recording. We have Tim Hall on the show. Host of the Buckeye Show all over Twitter, all over social media. 97 won The Fan. He's the guy. Long way to debut, and we we kept him. We trapped him for an hour on the show because we knew we might not get him again for a little while. We talk hoops. We talk a little CJ Stroud. Talk a little fun stuff at the end. Before we get to all that, here's the deal. If you want to make some bets in Ohio, because it is now legal to sports gamble, you got to do it with Bet Fred Sportsbook, okay? There's boosts and odds that you want. There's promos that fit your betting level, what you're comfortable with. That's the boosts that you're going to get. That's the, you know... The, the promos that you're going to get, and right now they're running a just absolutely awesome special where if you deposit and bet $50 signing up through our link in the bio, you're going to get $1,111 worth of free bets. It's all detailed in, in the description. It's all detailed on the app how that all works, but $1,111 worth of bonus bets. It's a good time to be betting if you want to bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, because it looks like it's a real possibility as long as Sam Hubbard is still on the team. Buckeye legend, that's a little hint at our our discussion with Tim Hall, which you will hear. But Bed Fred Sportsbook, get your bets in. We are definitely not telling you to bet on Ohio State basketball to win, but we are telling you you will enjoy betting on the game because you now can in Ohio. We are definitely not advising you to bet on Ohio State basketball. Definitely not telling you to take them live in the last two minutes of any game. But we are here to tell you, Joey at least here to tell you, that while the sky is falling, it has not hit the ground yet. Is that a fair way to put it?
0: I mean yeah, like obviously I can't I can't I can't lie to you guys. Like it's not good. I do remember saying last week something to the effect of
1: um they're not going like to lose Minnesota.
0: Maryland, it was after Maryland. It was after Maryland when I said um that was the most mad I've ever been after a game. I wasn't mad, but this last week I've become sad. i I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad because this team is way better than they're showing. Uh, I'm sad because every team goes through bumps and bruises, um, but it's a bad time for them. I'm sad because fans think they know a lot more than they do know. And it's hard to be on Twitter when Ohio state in football or basketball is losing. Uh, I'm sad because people in general don't have a good grasp of reality. Uh, I'm sad because Ohio state is not playing good basketball sad because of a lot of different things. Um, The bottom line is this, and we talked to Timmy a lot, a lot, a lot for a long time, so we're not going to hold you guys um, too long here. But the bottom line is this. If you take anything away from um, this episode of drive take take away these next few minutes. Look at teams like Illinois. Look at teams like Iowa. Look at teams like Michigan. Three weeks ago, they were in the exact same position as Ohio State. And since then, those teams are combined – 9 and 1 in the Big 10 and that one loss was Michigan beating Iowa. Okay? So I just want to make sure that everybody understands that the nature of college basketball, and the nature of the Big 10 and life in the Big 10 is a roller coaster. There's only one team that's not on a roller coaster in the Big 10. And that's Purdue. Michigan State's playing well, but they've lost games. They lost to Northwestern, they lost to Purdue in a heartbreaking fashion. Illinois started 0 and 2, now they're 3 and 2. Iowa started 0 and 3, I believe they're 3 and 3 now. It's just life in the, I think they might be actually that that might be wrong, but neither here nor there life in the big 10 is difficult. I'm not saying Ohio state is playing good basketball. I'm not saying they should have or could have won these games. I, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying you shouldn't be mad or that things need to change. Cause they do. I'm just saying that it gets better. Buckeye nation. It gets better. Stick with this team. Uh, I, I just, I'm I'm running out of things to say and words to use. I just, you know, it's it, the bottom line is it, it can't get any worse than this. It can't be they they're, they're too good. They are a good team. Are they a great team? Clearly not. Do they struggle at the end of two minutes? Absolutely. Do they have guys that have to play at the end of the game that can't guard a, a traffic cone? Uh, yes, that's true. But here's the thing. I believe in the staff. I believe in these guys and it's in there. It's somewhere in there. They've proven it. Um, and, and it'll come back. And when it does come back, I don't want you off the bandwagon and trying to jump back on. That's all. Like, think... Andrew, like Andrew. Andrew's off the bandwagon. I respect it, though.
1: I, I don't know if I'm off the bandwagon, but <laughs> but I definitely... I, I don't know what I am. I'm just like not expecting them to win any Ever. game and won't be shocked if they win any game. You, we make that joke about... You know the the two tiers of the Big Ten, besides Purdue and Minnesota, which we now need to move up to a different tier. Um, yeah, that's but- on me.
0: I'm sorry that that one's on me. That one's on me. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna. You're listening to this live. I'm gonna put Nebraska in the tier with Purdue, so that when we
1: beat them, it'll be like yeah, why well, is they beating the elite team. But I, I I think that's a good idea. But what I was gonna say is. I'm I'm not off the bandwagon, but I'm definitely at the point where nothing is shocking me, which I yeah. think is fair. Minnesota was was the last time I will be shocked this season on either end, win or loss, because you know what? I think it's tough to win the, the Big Ten. I, I don't know if that gets said enough. People forget that it's tough. It's tough to win the Big Ten. People also forget. That the Buckeyes are ten and seven in games that they score more points than the other team. They're they're ten and zero in games They score more points than the other team. They're ten and se- I, I think I the, the language doesn't work, but either way, let's let's score some more points.
0: They're undefeated when they score more than than the other team. Yeah, they're uh, also is- ten and seven in games when they play. You know, it's crazy, and they're zero and seven in games where I want lose. them.
1: To <laughs> um.
0: Well, they're Here's 10 and
1: 7 in games when you want them to win.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, no. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, the Minnesota Vikings, who just lost in the postseason, obviously, as you listen to this, they were like 11 and 1 in one score games, which is like an NFL record. Ohio State seems like they're 0 for a lifetime in, in you know, two possession games. Maybe what that means is that they're going to limp into the NCAA tournament, right? Just barely get in, but then they're just a rocket ship. And they've got, you know, they've got the makings of like an upset worthy team, right? They've got good guard play. They shoot shoot, and can are capable of making a lot of threes and they have a superstar offensively
1: in Bryce Sensiball. Like, like, who, oh God, what am I doing right now? No, you're not going to believe me, but I almost made that exact comparison earlier about the Vikings. <laughs> um well, about that's, the one... it's clear though it's
0: it's clear i just uh whatever we're being i don't want to fall in the trap of being too positive because then i just get hurt and and it's and it's funny because hope is poison number one and number two i had a dog growing up his name's rocky he has since passed we love rocky andrew's met rocky probably and uh um what we used to do with rocky was he had some separation anxiety so like he would go crazy Whenever we left him at home for an extended period of time, eventually had to just leave him outside, get an invisible fence. That's neither here nor there. But what we did was every time we came home and he he was in his crate, because if he was out of his crate, he would rip up everything in sight. Uh, He would poop his crate all the time because he just got nervous. And that's just what he did. But when we not, but when we would pull into the garage, my dad would sit there and he'd go, all right, everybody, just assume that Rocky pooped in his crate to set expectations. So if he does poop in his crate, we expected it. If he doesn't, we throw a party. So that's how I'm going for the rest of the year. We're setting expectations. Hope oh, for
1: the best, expect the worst.
0: Exactly. That's what we're doing until Ohio State changes my mind about that. And and Timmy Hall is a great way to start that because I don't know anybody better at setting expectations than Timmy Hall. He's the voice of reason in the Buckeye media. He understands the program and the staff and the players and he is a positive go lucky guy which I love about him. Listen to this interview because it is the first time that me and him together have not been super happy about Ohio State in general. Um, So it is groundbreaking
1: stuff. Let's get to it right now. All right, joining us now on Drive the Lane. We've been on his show, but this is the long-awaited debut on our show. Timmy, Tim, Timothy Hall, welcome to the show.
2: All of those names I respond to. Andrew and Joey, boy, what a pleasure. Let's talk some basketball, folks.
0: Let, let's talk some basketball, Timmy. Like Andrew said, long overdue to have you on. We're so excited about this. Timmy Hulk, host of the Buckeyes show, 6-8, one The Fan. You guys know him. You love him. You follow him on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you know Timmy very well. Um, here's the deal, Timmy. No one's happy. We can talk about Ohio State basketball. What we like to do when we have guests like you on is let's look at the bigger picture of college basketball. First, we'll get to Ohio state. That's the majority of the show. That's why you, that's why you listen to us, but broad view, you're a Kansas guy. We know Purdue is great. Andrew's a Missouri guy. We've got more representation here. What, what is the state of college basketball right now? Who, who do you like? Who do you like to watch? What's going on there?
2: Yeah. So typically, you know, I do try to catch every, every Jayhawk game that's on national TV. Had a pretty, uh, pretty uh, boiling over uh, take on, on Saturday, not really a take. It was just more, more or less an outburst as to who is the idiot with the networks that decided to put Kansas versus Iowa state, possibly the biggest game of the season so far on ESPN plus. I don't know, just a hunch. And you might want to make sure that that one's on the network because I get it. Everybody should have these subscription services But even when you're still like going to your TV service, which I have YouTube TV, you're still going into that app, and that's all considered television. And when it's not there, it really upsets me and confuses me. So I'm – you know, flipping and figuring out, Oh, then the ESPN app on my one Roku is like, Oh, you got to sign in through your phone and do the two-step verification. Like, I don't want to do that right now. I just want to get the damn game on. It's in the second half. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, that that got getting out of control there. We watched the Jayhawks. I've been watching a lot of Xavier basketball this year. So usually there's some biggies hoops on big 10 network is always in play. So we're always, you know, Joey, we're always checking out the other programs in the big 10. And then you get into some, some of the, the sicko stuff, right? Like if new Mexico is on something that's late night, CBS sports network, maybe a Wyoming game, you know, watching the Cowboys, it can get, it can get pretty crazy. If they ever start putting Weber state basketball on, you know, actual channels, they better look out because they're going to get one viewer in central Ohio. (laughs) It's, it's, it's going to be me, but I try to keep, I try to keep a pulse and keep a read on, pretty much everything that's going on out there. Houston this year clearly is is an incredible team with Kelvin Sampson and uh, the team that they brought back in their backcourt just always seems to be sensational. And, you know, Andrew, you're you're Missouri Tigers. I mean, I, I think the SEC is really making a run for being the best conference this year with their depth, and clearly with, you know, Arkansas and Alabama and what they bring and in Tennessee hanging around near the top, the one team that has beaten the Kansas Jayhawks this year, being Tennessee and Dennis Gates, your coach at Mizzou, he's really making a name for himself. It might have, uh, who, who knows, you know, who knows where he's going to end up. You know, if he keeps that up at Mizzou, I know you'd like to keep him there, but man, a couple years at Cleveland state and off to this start at Mizzou, pretty, uh, pretty special stuff. It's just, you know, midway through the season there's so much fun going on in the game and, you know, different teams that are rising up like Kansas state and the season that they've been having Jamie Dixon and what he's building at TCU, maybe uh, making pit fans think twice about where they are, but uh, it's just a lot of fun going on guys, except for our Ohio state Buckeyes. That's, that's what we want to be more fun later down the stretch.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You mentioned, you mentioned coach Gates over at Mizzou. I think what happened is, Chris Beard out at Texas, Holtman and Gates both start getting, you know, rumors about Texas. And both guys were like, whoa, got to lose a few games in a row to make sure that we stay where we're at, at zoo and <laughs> Ohio State. So that's what what I'm chalking up all these losses to. But in all actuality, Joey and I many times have texted each other. Hey, let, let's get Tim on tonight. Or hey, we should have Tim on this episode. Let's get Timmy. And one of us is like, no, no, no. Let's wait for something big. No, no, no. We need, we need this <laughs> or that. I think it's at, like we finally found the perfect moment, which is, you know, a four, a four-game losing, losing <laughs> yeah. streak to Crisis. bring you in. So, I mean, let's get right to it. Let's talk about it.
2: Well, you know, Joey was on. Uh, my post game show or Ohio, our Ohio state basketball post game show, we, we bring him in, you know, every, every three or four broadcasts, whenever he's available, whenever it's typically a road game and we don't have the access to the, to the Holtman press conference. So you, you, you kind of in a brief answer went down the road of how, when you look at a basketball program, you're looking at the personnel that you have, you're looking at, you know, the X's and O's and what, they're actually running offensively and defensively and how they're executing it. And then you're looking at sort of the foundations of your program, like your pillars, how you play the, the, what you always tell me the tougher team sets the rule sets the rules, how you come out and assert your will. And are you going to be the more focused team? Are you going to be the more energetic team? And, you know, I don't, I think they're just slipping a little bit right now in two of those three areas. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of the X's and O's and the execution. And then also a tad bit of that, that last thing I mentioned, which is the being the tougher team and setting the rules and the energy and just the passion and desire that you're bringing to the table. I mean, they're, I guess when you look at it in one way, they've been in every single basketball game, but at what point, Do you stop looking at that as a good thing and then start asking the question and getting a little bit deeper into this to the discussion and say, why can't we bring it home a couple more times? If we're good enough, even without Zed Key to play Purdue at our home building down to the wire, then why aren't we making those couple of plays in the final 90 seconds to beat those guys? Why is Matt Painter? pushing those right buttons in that situation. And why can't we see that with, with our own players and with our own coaching staff more often than not? It's just, I mean, Joe, you know, this, you, you've got to, you got to challenge yourselves to, to make one extra play and one less mistake. Like that's what it's about. Like to, to get through, to get to the finish line in these close games, one more play being made one less mistake. And to be able to have, a little bit more, more, trust in some of your veterans, you know, in a Zed key that he can take on some contact on his left shoulder and still go up and hit that big shot that you need him to make and have a decent field goal percentage when he's working in the low post and for justice Sewing to take good shots, to make some of his shots, not turn the ball over four times in key situations. And if he's not doing that, then he better be getting on the glass and having more than three rebounds in a game. So Andrew, it's just, it's, it's a lot of things right now, you know, they're, I don't think they're, a, they're not a bad basketball team. They're not a horrible basketball team. They're in a rough stretch right now where they are just, they're finding ways to lose instead of finding ways to win. But I can't kill them for the season yet because every single one of these Chris Holtman teams has had sort of a, a winding river of a season where they've had some of these tough stretches as we know. And if they have one more loss, they'll tie his longest losing streak at five games but if whether it's been a four game skid or a five game skid, they've had some pockets like last year in in February to March where they lost four out of five, which that was just as problematic being at the end of the season. But, you know, they're you got to give these guys the rest of the season to see what they'll do. They have a whole Big Ten slate ahead of them with some NCAA tournament resume boosting wins on uh, the docket. Problem is some of those have gone out the window now and you can't get those back. You can just focus on what's ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, Timmy, we talk about it all the time. Um, these 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 slumps that they're in, whatever you want to call it. Listen, it's hard to win in the Big Ten. Like everyone knows that, but at some point, you you can't keep making excuses for for the guys. That that's not fair to anybody, and that's not like you can only be positive so much without while still being realistic. I, I want to know if, in your perspective, you if you could point to one thing, whether it's in general, whether it's with this skid, whether it's with the team, if you could point to one thing, what do you think needs to be
2: fixed? It it really does seem like the biggest thing is how they perform at the end of basketball games. That that to me, and I and I haven't done a, a deeper dive into this, Joey. So you could you could come back at me with some examples and and we've done that. Like I did this with, with Adam Jardy, the dispatch recently too, where we took a look at some of the close games. I'm not, obviously Ohio state's won close games and they know how to do it, but it's like everything in basketball, right guys, it's a percentages thing. Well, okay. So you can win close basketball games, but how many of them are you winning? How many times are you in a one possession game at the two minute, you know, warning, you know, a lot of us, we look at that under four minute media timeout is to say we're in crunch time. But even if you go a little bit deeper into the game and say, cut it at two minutes, how many times are you in a one possession game? And what percentage of those basketball games are you winning? Because that's what it comes down to. It's it's not being unreasonable and expecting you to win all of those. You're not going to, but when we're in a, we're in a point in the season right now where the last four games like that have all been losses. When you look at Rutgers and Minnesota, which I don't even know how they were even – it's it's crazy to say it but I don't even know how they were in a one possession game with Minnesota at the end and that's a problem because you were 15 point favorites and we shouldn't even be discussing that one but then Purdue and then North Carolina so the last four times they were they were all L's that way that that's what it is to me it's just you know putting these guys in you know going back to the drawing board and seeing what works from a philosophical standpoint, like guarding inbound when you're on defense, making sure that the guys are just a little bit more focused and ready to go and quicker to their spots because a lot, you know, a lot happens in the first 38 minutes of a basketball game. And if it's neck and neck, then everything that's going to rise to the top is in the final two minutes. So if you're a little bit off when the spots are the biggest that can make or break an entire college basketball season. So that's what it, that's honestly what it feels to me. Like they've got a lot of good going on right now with their talent, with the, the skill that these guys have with their offensive efficiency, as we pointed out, they were number one in the nation earlier this week. So that also goes more to the troubling column as to how you're a 10 and seven team with the number one offense in the country. And, uh, Second thing would just be overall the foundation and what defense is. So it's, it's figuring out how to perform later in these games and execute and be in better spots. And two would just be overall the defensive performance in this program for the last couple of seasons right now.
1: I think you're, well, I I have two things to, they both kind of tie into what you're saying. The first thing is it feels like a classic case of playing down or up to your opponent's level. You know, they get up, they get up for these big games, you know, the North Carolina hasn't, you know, proven themselves as much this year, but you get hyped up for the North Carolinas, the Purdue's, et cetera. And then you're like humbled and you're playing the same, you know, caliber caliber basketball as the big 10 teams you're even with. And then you're playing down with the, you know, the Minnesotas of, of the world. But then I also think another thing which has to do with the end of game situations is and I don't know if this is you know maybe Bryce has given them more than they expected or the Eugene Brown injury kind of messed with things Zed being injured I feel like the optimal lineup for end of game you know 12 minutes left in the second half stuff like that is not 100% locked in yet and it's tough in college basketball because guys tweak an ankle, guys get their their third foul and it's kind of and it's kind of tough to decide when you pull them when you keep them so I'm not saying it's easy to to solve that problem, but I do think part of it is, well, you know, this guy's on the court right now. He wasn't on the court at this point, you know, against Purdue. Is this something new we're trying? Stuff like that. Joey, you look like you got something to say yeah, well, in regards yeah, to you, everything. Yeah, you
0: bring up a great point. I think what's really frustrating to me right now with the team in, in this, you know, this crunch time window is you've really got six players that you want on the court, and that fifth guy is – is it Bryce sensible who's awesome on offense, but can't play a lick of defense? Can't rebound. Mm. It, it's just, so, it's just, it, it's honestly baffling. Or do you put in Isaac likely who is a great leader, great on defense, could switch one through five, but quite literally gives you zero on offense. And that's what's really frustrating to me is those guys are both B plus players in general, right? Like when you put everything together, but for some reason or another reason, you just you, you can't have them on the court at the end of the game. It's, it's so bizarre because they are so incredible at the same time, but you also just can't have them on the court. It's, it's, it's mind boggling because I, one thing that whole has always hung his hat on is having these really good lineups when push comes to shove that he can lean on, whether it was, you know, in my time, I think about, you know, the best team that he's probably have arguably maybe the second best in terms of record wise, when he could play Jay Sean, Tate Kate Bates, the, uh, Cam Williams, Andrew Dockage and CJ Jackson, or you throw an Andre Wesson in there or what like, you, you just, you know what you're going to get. Like this team just don't know what you're going to get. And, and I think that's coaching, but I also think that these guys are like at some point you just got to nut up or shut up, like justice suing, man, like figure it out. Like you, you are the guy on this team. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a little frustrating. It's a little bizarre that, 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 that it's hard to, you know, some of your quote unquote best players are hard to play at the end of the game. It's just a weird dynamic. I think you're, you're spot on Andrew.
2: Yeah. And you know, Joey take, take me, take me back to, let's just pick one of these games out of a hat. Let's, let's go with the Purdue game. All right. So set your, set your mind to, you know, how Ohio state has performed, they lose Zed key early in that game. There is a swell at about the 12 minute mark to go in the second half, where Purdue starts to go up like two possessions. Maybe they went up three possessions. And I honestly thought, okay, Zed's gone. A little bit of an offensive funk here. The blowout, you're you're about to be down 18 points. And to their credit, they locked back in. Bryce is hitting shots you know the offense is looking good and they're back in it but you you get to the end of the game scenario one more time and what what is going through everybody's minds when you're facing the full court press and you know it's something that from Ohio State standpoint they have not been really good at handling and it's almost like as fans you're not looking at each other and you're wondering, you know, how you're going to break the press. You're wondering when is the turnover going to happen? And you mentioned justice again, it happened, but just how, like, how do you run that offense when, when Purdue is trying to force you into a trap, when you have a timeout in your hip pocket and just, what do you, what are you honestly like trying to do just basketball wise in terms of running screens, when you've had a stopped ball. And so Purdue's got time to set the defense and you're trying to get the ball into one of your better players. First of all, they had Bruce Thornton taking it out. I'd like to think, wouldn't you want to get it to your quick point guard running like towards the side or up the, up the court. And then to possibly have some screeners peeling off if that option isn't open and then you get the ball in and then get the ball to the middle and go like, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. You know, I just think in general, right. When you're breaking a press, like you got to have just, you got to have dudes. You just got to have dudes. Um, and I think Ohio state has dudes. I mean, like Isaac likely is a dude. Bruce Thorne's a dude. Like, I don't know if some of these other guys are, they are at times, um, which is fine. I, I think, you know, the X's and O's of breaking a press. I don't think it's Ohio state's problem. I think that what happens is, well, uh, you know, habit's not the right word, but when things happen once or twice, you're like, okay, that's a fluke. But when it happens all the time, it becomes a habit. Again, I don't think is the right word, but for lack of a better term, a habit. And it's like, you fall back on your habits. That's just what you do as a human. Um, you know, you trust in your work and preparation, but at the same time, uh, you know, you know, it's not, it's not an accident that this stuff is, is happening. And, and I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, you look at like the San Diego chargers, like no matter what happens, LA chargers, like they lose these games in the playoffs. It's just, it's like you fall back on your habits. It's a weird thing in sports, but um, if I'm breaking a press, you know, I I'm not throwing the ball into the corner where they were against Purdue. Cause you know, you're just going to get trapped. And I'm definitely not throwing the ball back to the basket where, you know, the defense is coming <laughs> from um, you've got timeouts to use. You know, they're going to try the worst case scenario. You hold the ball like this. The worst case scenario is they're going to tie you up. If you have the possession arrow, great. Like you got to know all this stuff, how many timeouts, who's possession. Um, I mean, you throw the ball in, you got to, it's like, you you know, you can't be a quarterback and throw the ball over the middle to a guy. You know, he's going to get rocked, you can't, you can't do that. It's the same thing. You can't lead a guy into the corner on the press break. Granted, you got to throw the ball in. Like I get that, but I'm not an X's and O's coach that can dial up a good press break, but yeah, you know, Bruce Thorne, I know, isn't the best free throw shooter this year, which is bizarre. Um, so that's probably why I was taking it out. He's also a phenomenal decision maker in general. Doesn't turn the ball over a ton or excuse me, at that point, had it. Um, but I look at Ohio State breaking the press is all mental. I mean, like I, I've been in that locker room. I've been in that practice gym. Like they are working on breaking the press every single day. And they're not working against it five on five against five managers. They're working against it five on six with six Ohio state Buckeyes out there um, making it even tougher. Like I know for, wow. for a while happening. So well, that's good. Yeah, it, it is good. But at the end of the day, it's like they have this mental block or hump that they have to get over late in games. It's, it's funny. And I don't want to name drop here, but Robbie Hummel was texting me. Like they, like, they have the yips like you get the yips with your wedges when you're chipping. Like they have the, the end of game yips and it's not, an Ohio state basketball thing. It's not a justice suing and the team thing. It's not a Chris Holtman thing. It's everybody collectively has the yips. The fans feel it. that just like you said to me, like you go into overtime and you're like another close game. No way we can pull it out. They just exactly. have exactly. Yeah. It's just what's going on. It's, it's brutal. It's hard to watch. Uh, but at the end of the day, we all know, Oh, everybody, if you're an Ohio state fan and you don't think this team has all the potential in the world, you're crazy. They've proven it a ton they just got to get over this this mental block this hump whatever you want to call it like man it's just or else it's snowballing and
2: you're just seeing it snowballing it's just crazy so Andrew like like Joey's saying how do you get that positive feeling back before you see something how do you how do you just trust it when four straight games like Joey said as a fan base when you watch this you're not excited about how they're gonna you know, make that play or make that extra shot or get that stop. You're afraid that they're going to screw it up at this point in time. How do you get that back? What sucks.
1: And we talked about this last week. What we said was, you know, Minnesota, this is your get right game. This is your game at home, you know, find a team. Maybe you can beat up on them and and kind of prove, Hey, we can still win some games. The next four games, really the next, Seven games, but the next you got to go a little slower. The next four games are all winnable and resume booster games. Every game of the Big Ten, we always say it winnable, resume booster, etc. Oh, but you got to. I hate this conversation. It's the same. But, but like Nebraska is one of two teams that is playing, you know, quote unquote, worse than you, if you even can say that with the team that's on a four-game losing streak. <laughs> Iowa is a team that has has underachieved so far. So you got to win those next two games. But what concerns me and worries me overall is when do you get to the point where every game has now become a must win game? And what does that do, you know, in the locker room? What does that do to the freshmen who are experiencing it for the first time? Like we need, we need Bryce to, he, he had a big, a big moment to, Send the game to overtime the other day. That was that was big, but we need like a a season defining moment to happen again, similar to what happened at at Rutgers with Tanner Holden, where you need, but you can't just you know squeeze out a five point win over Nebraska and be like we're we're back. You know you need like I some would feel
0: like we're back if we win just for we whatever need
1: some we need some sort of just defining moment. Maybe yeah. it's just a big dunk that excites people, something that's like gets people you know off their feet. Can I jump in, Andrew?
0: Sure. Of course. I, I, I wanted to more directly answer Timmy's question. It's a great question, Timmy, and a question everyone's asking because I'm asking the same thing. Here's how you, you get out of the funk. You say, excuse my language, you say, fuck the Ohio State fans that are tweeting all this stuff at us. I don't care about the outside noise from my family, from my friends. All that matters is the dudes in this room, and you go yeah. out and you play incredibly hard, for the Ohio state basketball program, for the guys next to you, for the guys on the bench, for the guys coaching you, for the guys who came before you and you let the chips fall where they may. And as long as you're playing your ass off um, and you are following the game plan and you are playing smart and tough and together and as hard as you possibly can, there's nothing to be worried about. You got to trust in your training and how you got here to where you are, believe in the guys with you in that locker room and just, lay it all out on the line and go get it. And, and whatever happens happens. That's just the bottom line. I feel like the guys aren't playing like that. Um, You can be the tougher, more together team. That's, that's a fun saying, but you got to nut up and play for the dudes next to you, play for yourself, play for the dudes next to you and play really, really hard. And that's, that's the only way to get out of it. You might, you might luck into it a different way, but that's the way that you're going to be a really, really good team for the rest of the year is is you play for the guys next to you and you play for the Ohio state university and, and play really, really hard. That's, that's the only way to go about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically what I said on the show tonight is because if you're, if you're looking for it, for the positivity, from me, I can't just manufacture it. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports talk host and I watch what's in front of me and then I react and I go to bed at night. And so I try to wake up on the other side of it and be a little bit more, measured and reasonable with the takes that I'm putting together because it's like you said, you're never really as bad as you seem and you're never really as good as you seem. You mentioned that the other day, but at the same time, it's it's a big job. You're getting paid a lot of money and there's going to be expectations that come along with it. And when you're trying to find some of that Thad magic that this program enjoyed, you've got to do something. You can't do it here in the middle of January. You can't do it off of a four game losing skid. So you're right. I basically said that like you, and I think there's a certain point in time, right? As players where you have to turn Twitter off and there's only so, there's only so much negativity that you could take before it just makes you see red. So just shut that shit off. And like you said, we're in the room together. It's us. It's just us guys. This is sports. This is back to basic. We're not doing this. It's not about money right now. It's about whenever you like walk into the gym with your boys, right? When you're just playing rec league basketball, remember how much you just wanted to, like you said, freaking win the game. Yeah. I don't, you don't give a shit about anything else. You just want to win that game. And here you're doing it in front of a lot of people. You're wearing the Jersey for your university. There should be nothing more important to these guys than going out and drilling Nebraska on the road. And I hope they've got that in them. I don't quite know. I don't have that feeling that they'll do it because I thought they'd do that against Minnesota and against Maryland after Purdue. But now it feels a little dire that the losing streak is mounted and they don't feel like they should be this bad at this point. So, here, Joey we'll
1: Joey you mentioned you mentioned golf earlier you yeah. know we're we're big golfers here, since oh, yeah. here you know you know when you have just you know not the greatest day a pretty bad day and then you just have, have a great like a, a great drive on 18 and you just look to your friends and you go that's why we'll play another round that's why we'll <laughs> come back tomorrow that's that's, right. that's that's what they need is they need and, and the fans need it as that's why we're going to watch the next game. The players <laughs> need it as a, that's why we're going to get, you know, hyped up in practice tomorrow. They just need, you know, a good drive on 18 against Nebraska. Uh, last thing I'll say about this. I
0: think I love that Andrew. I think that's, hilarious and a great analogy. I golf's golf.
2: You can use golf analogies for basically everything, right? Cause it's such a roller coaster. And even if you're good at it, it's so hard to keep that thing <laughs> together for a full 18 holes. Maybe we'll take that drive on 15 though, Andrew, so we can have some time here. Like we're we're going to come back and we're going to win this match, right? Like we've been throwing yeah. up on ourselves on the back nine, but on 15, we just hit a nice little 310 yard draw right down the middle. And we're going to throw a sand wedge to six feet. And then you look at your buddy, and you're like, you're dead. Like, I got it back. It just came back.
0: I think the bottom line is with Ohio State basketball, and this is something I, I steal everything from Holman, obviously, because he's got like him or not. He has some good things, uh, some good, some good one liners to get you really fired up. And one thing he used to say before NCA tournament games, before important games, is he would look at everybody and say, we have enough in this room to win, which is true. Every single game for Ohio State, every game they played this year, every game they'll play. They have enough in that locker room to win against any team in the country. I, I truly believe that. Um, you combine that with the fact that you don't have to play perfect. You do not have to play perfect to win games in the Big Ten. You watch Purdue today against Michigan State. They did not play perfect. Illinois against Minnesota, only up three at halftime, playing uh, with their, their third-string big man and, and the pride of Deerfield High School, Brandon Lieb. Like, You don't have to play perfect to win. You just got to play really, really hard, and I think they have enough in the room. I know they have enough in the room to win any game. And what I feel great about is the fact that my senior year, when we struggled as much as any team has ever struggled in the history of college basketball, we went to Nebraska. And that's where we righted the ship. Do I think that is a sure thing lock to happen? I don't know, but history repeats itself.
2: You managed to do it somehow again, Joey. (laughs) you got me feeling like they're going to win on Wednesday night sooner sooner or later they have to I mean you know like if you're if you're a betting man sooner or later you're going to have to you know expect these guys to get the job done because they're not going on a 10 game losing streak that's That's just the metrics don't say that that's the way it's trending everything (laughs) that I've said about you know how they execute and the situations they put themselves in in late game scenarios all that be damned I would I'd be stunned if this goes on for much longer. A road game against Nebraska, a home game against a beatable Iowa team—you just you, you you hope for them. You ho- you hope for them that they could get some of this uh, get back to you know some of the forms that they've been in in Big Ten play, and well, still though, it, this is all going to be a continual process that I'm very intrigued to see how it plays out because if it isn't one thing getting out of one of these slumps, there's bigger fish to fry, right? Like we're talking about, we're talking about climbing out of a well right now, but the fan base is wanting championships and tournament runs. So you see what the, you see what the issue is here. We're talking about trying to beat Nebraska to get right, but we have a whole other thing that we're trying to do right now. So that's why this is all so interesting as it keeps steam rolling until March. If they don't make the tournament, I don't know what I'll do. I can't handle, I can't handle covering a team that doesn't make the tournament. That's oh, that's step one, being a Kansas guy and it's 32 straight tournaments. I know that's a little bit unreasonable with, with some cheating involved too. I get all that, but <laughs> you got it. You, you're too good. You're just too good to, to miss NCAA tournaments. Yeah, right you
0: now. Bring up a, you bring up a good point. And one thing, That we always talk about, that I want to touch on, and and let's get let's get some positivity here as we as we wrap this up. Um, One thing that Ohio State does is they do things right, which is something to hold your hat on. Not in times like this, but in general. Um, And I know you have some real deal thoughts about that, so um, would love to hear your your thoughts on uh, on on college basketball in that sense.
2: Well, I mean, I just you know being a dad now and you know raising another human, which I you know, I think is just the tiniest bit important when you choose to procreate and send another human being off into the world, you want to make sure that you're doing the best job that you can do. And when all this stuff is done, like I I understand you're, you're, you're going out there and you're trying to win basketball games and that is the job. Like that's, that's what you're paid to do, but I am always going to have a little bit more respect for somebody or a team that is built on good foundations and they're good young men and they're going to likely go off and do good things in their lives as opposed to somebody that I consider to be an asshole. Right. And they're, you know, winning lots of games all the times, all the time. I just, I, I think it's important to not only strive to be great at what you're doing on the field or on the basketball court, but if you can actually look at that person and know that they're, that they're a good dude. And I'm always measured in how I, you know, I take a look at that. Cause you don't, and sometimes with my job, I do get the, the glimpse behind the curtain. I get a chance to know some of you guys, like I've gotten, I've become friends with you and it's given me like a little bit more of an entry point into, you know, the world of basketball that I kind of always relished and wanted to know a little bit more about when I was younger and wasn't going to have much of a playing career, but you know, when you really do know somebody and you can find out like that, they are doing it the right way. The respect level just really, really goes up there. And that's, I think that's the one good thing that you can hang your hat on for this program. And it's going to, if they do get some of this success that we're talking about, which is why, you know, guys like us and you, especially playing there, you know, and you want it so bad because they're such good dudes, like n- not just Holtman, but like his, his a one assistant, Ryan Peden, like who I got to know a little bit more than maybe the a typical assistant coach. He's just such a good dude. And yes. I just like you, the way like he would wear his emotions on his sleeve and how difficult that was for him to just leave Ohio state. You just kind of say like, man, like I, I hope this guy goes and finds what finds whatever, you know, he's looking for and, in this career of coaching basketball and get some of the success. Cause obviously you, you get into it and you know, there's going to be some, some nastiness that's involved, but doing it the right way. And, you know, good people who are also, you know, getting the job done. That's, that's the best of everything.
1: Absolutely. You nailed it. Um, I real quickly pulled up the Illinois state current record. Cause I was thinking maybe they're struggling. Aren't they? They're struggling, but I was thinking maybe there's a chance Illinois State makes the tournament this year, and Ohio State doesn't, and that would be quite the story. But <laughs> doesn't seem like that's happening. You got
2: Justice Sewan in the background. It looks like funny, funny time. Man. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, they're doing a piece on the journey for him. Yeah, so um, that's pretty cool.
1: But yeah, Timmy, you nailed it. Definitely a, a team and a, and a program that that does things the right way. Something I wanted to ask you about, having nothing to do. With basketball, but I saw you talking about it on Twitter earlier. Mm-hmm. Schottenstein tweeting out, "Big news was coming today." Oh my! And god. And then it was his gender reveal. What? So did you funny think of you that? brought
2: that up. Oh my god! What are we doing? <laughs> what What are we doing? And I think I think it was Portnoy like clapped There's- back <laughs>
0: yeah. on
2: social media, and then. And then Schottenstein clapped back and said, like, what? I mean, I said that CJ was going to the draft, you know, he three did. or four days he ago.
0: That. He did do that. He did say that.
2: But, but so what? Read the room. Yeah. The whole weekend, all these Ohio <laughs> State fans incorrectly, <laughs> so mind you. And I can't say that I was ever in the same box then, but you know how it goes. Like, it's just how society goes. The more and more Hope. people that Hope jump on something. Right. Yeah.
1: That's what it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The more and more people jump on something or an idea you're sort of like pulled along to it. And I was still kind of like, "Eh, no, like this just (laughs) hardly ever works out. I mean, we've seen in Buckeye basketball guys that absolutely, should come back and they still don't come back like they actually aren't going to be first round picks or top 10 or top 15 picks and they still leave and you have to say like well they've they must think they can't develop any more than they already have and they just want to start making money at some level this is CJ Stroud being a top five pick we're talking about so for him to be and the stories are all about what kind of you know collective money and how much how many millions <laughs> of, as one of the two collectives pulled along, and then the the head of one of the collectives is saying huge <laughs> news coming today dot dot dot, and it's just some personal news like congratulations, congratulations on being that you. that's awesome yeah like I hope you raise that that, that lovely girl right, but uh, what what the hell man like you better give me you better dig down deep into your pockets and pull out some big news. That well, isn't personal they, news.
0: Yeah, something exciting on that note. Today was the largest day, single day of fundraising they've had in the entire site, apparently. So
1: all right. Good.
2: Goody. Uh, d- w- w- bring me some recruits then. Right. <laughs> my
1: buddy, my buddy some cornerbacks. Me last night. My buddy texted me last night. He got Well, one of about a hundred people that texted me said is Stroud coming back. I, know. I, said, Just- I said, if Stroud comes back, it's the dumbest decision that's ever been made in, in sports history. But also, do you know how many people declared today that aren't Ohio State players? But because we're, you know, Ohio State fans, we love Ohio State. All we know about is that Stroud hasn't declared yet. So there's a chance it's going to come back. There were so many top guys that waited until today. They're sorting right. out stuff with their agent. Right. So I texted my buddy. I was like, Stroud is going to be one of many people to announce tomorrow that he's not returning.
2: And the reasons could be plenty for that, right? They could be different for each guy. It also could be that you've already done this and you're just waiting to put out your tweet graphic. That's all that it is. You mean to tell me that he didn't submit everything until today, like right on the last day, right. you you could get that done ahead of time and you just haven't told anybody and you're going to make your announcement on your own time. I mean, how long ago was it where these announcements weren't even a thing? It was just actual, you know, real reporters had to go and and dig and, like, use their sources and context to find out, and then a journalist would come out and report it in the paper on a sports website and say, hey, sources say so-and-so has just declared for the NBA draft or NFL draft. Or uh, you know he's going to declare in the next day or so something like that. Now it's just they, they put it out on Twitter all by I just, themselves. I just can't get over the troll job. It's just I unreal. mean real, and I can get it. And he, he knew didn't what even he was think. doing
0: because he made it so only people that he, that he followed could reply. So like he knew what he was doing. I had the option to to reply if I wanted to. I did not. But no, he knew what he was no. doing. So the caption. Uh, being a uh, Cardale Jones, most important handoff he's ever had. It was all very, it was, you got to laugh at it.
2: I mean, he's, he's got to work on his form, you know, receiving the handoff. We got to make sure that, that, that the hands are right, depending on what side the the handoff is being, is being, you know, stuck into the belly there. <laughs> Running motion could get a little bit stronger there and the spike for sure. Like we could, we could build on that for the, for child too. We could get better or, or gender reveals. We just stop doing I'm good kind of with stuff. that. I'm good with that one. <laughs> we just, we just say, you know what, this is pretty superficial. We could just stop this. You know, we just Timmy, take a we- picture or something or just tell people, Hey, we're having a girl. What about when, uh, I'll,
0: I will say fast forward six years from now, seven, eight years when I'm having a kid, um, I want you to tell me how to do the gender reveal. That's all. Oh, we're
2: going to, we're going to do a glorious yeah. gender reveal.
0: Timmy's going to pass me the ball the day that uh, some incredible recruit is declaring for the NBA draft from Ohio state. And I'm going to tweet big news coming out of Columbus today.
2: <laughs> I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have a gigantic basketball, the the world's largest basketball just filled with blue or pink dust and we're going to drop it on the Schottenstein Center, and it'll be the end of that building for all time, and it's going to coincide with the opening of a brand-new Buckeye basketball gym. Remodeled St. John's. (laughs) Or or you know what? Forget about the giant basketball dropping on it. It could just be when the shot implodes. It'll either be blue or pink (laughs) dust that rises up from all the wreckage.
1: Yeah, (laughs) That'll be it. Timmy. Timmy, I got to tell you one more Twitter thing that <laughs> happened. It was either last night or today that Joey we're and I were – doing a segment from the Buckeye show right
3: now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, no, just uh, – Joey, it I already is. texted you about it. What? So Joey tweeted a classic like it's hard to win in the Big Ten on the road, and someone <laughs> <laughs> replied oh, no and shit. Said, Is it? Someone yeah. replied and said, Didn't seem hard for Minnesota to win on the road the other yeah. day or something like that.
0: He and said, Joey well, up was up like, Ohio State has lost twice at home then. <laughs> yeah.
2: <And> Joey <laughs> right. was
0: like, I said tough, not impossible.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, d- it's difficult. It- it's not impossible.
0: I thought that was a pretty good comeback, though, Andrew, right? Respectful. She made fun of me. I made, I... it's yeah. not a clapback. It's just a fact. It was a great,
1: great Twitter exchange.
2: Oh, fudge. I mean, that's 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 what Twitter is good for, right? As long as we don't want to murder each other when it's all done. It could just be some good natured ribbing. That's, that's kind of where it has to has to end right there. Wait, I don't know. Tim, boys. Can I
1: ask you? Can I ask you one more thing? Yeah, please do. Go ahead, man. And I'm using this. I'm using you as an argument settler question. Okay. Uh, does that have to do with me? It's 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 a Joey and I argument that we had a, a few weeks ago. Okay. The answer is Michael Jordan. No, we've had we we've we've had that one. Okay. <laughs> but a <Up> few <your> times. <laughs> my my question is Stroud, okay? Joey and I are are the, the first to throw the word legend around with really anyone. If you play basketball at Ohio State, in my opinion, you're, you're instantly an Ohio State basketball legend. Uh <laughs> Felix Akpara could transfer, and if he did something at like UTEP next year, I'd be like Ohio State basketball legend, Felix Cox, whatever. My question is, Stroud, Ohio State legend, yay or nay?
2: Oh, wow. caught me off guard.
0: You'll never be able to guess who's on what side of that argument.
2: Uh, No, I can't say he's a legend. No. No way. You have to win a big game you've got to win a Heisman trophy. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks that's ever played here. I think it's him and fields as talented, but no, I can't say legend. That's gotta be, you can't throw words around like that. Just all Cavalier, like, like elite elite is one of these sports terms. Now, thanks to urban and oh God. Oh, dog guys. Elite, just elite, <laughs> elite leadership, elite person, elite person. Yeah, no, no legend. I did like it when he called Brian Day
0: elite when he became the coach. That was important.
2: He's elite. <laughs> He's elite. The elite eleven. Everything's elite. No, no. I can't wait to watch his NFL career though. I hope he makes it. I hope he gets to that second big fat contract. Wait, let's. How about this, Timmy? Who do you, you want to make a prediction on where he goes? Just for fun. I mean, I I I said this on another podcast today. Give me the Raiders. Because
0: oh. how does, I think how they, Tom Brady and him go
2: to the Raiders. Say say that again, Joey. How do him and Tom Brady both go to the Raiders? Is oh, did I miss something? Did Tom did Tom get <laughs> traded to the Raiders in the middle of his uh, Cowboys Bucks game? <laughs> <laughs> I I just think we we're looking at it through an Ohio State lens, and I I do just looking trying to be objective and looking what guys have accomplished in college and just what their skills look to be. I would have CJ Stroud ranked number one overall slightly ahead, but a lot of, a lot of different people out there really are putting Will Levis up there. And they're also still putting Bryce young up there. And I understand it. I don't fully understand it with Will Levis, but that doesn't make it not. So, you know, like that, the NFL scouts and GMs, they could still be seeing something with the size and with him being in a pro style offense that could fit. So I try to take into what I take into account what I think, and then what everybody else is saying and try to meet somewhere in the middle. So I guess I'm not sure he's going to be the number one quarterback selected. So could be one of those spots. Like maybe I saw in one mock, I believe I saw it somewhere on CBS where it had the, the Vegas Raiders, trading up a little bit and then selecting their guy because i think you know seattle seattle seems like they might be content with seeing what they get out of Geno. i don't know if that's the best move but seems to be that they they want to go with them for 2023 also doesn't mean they wouldn't take a quarterback of the future i get that but well, uh, clearly the raiders are going to need somebody
1: they have yeah, they, drew locks so they're drew fine Locke
2: they have drew drew lock ready to go. Yeah. And the Raiders have Jarrett Stidham. So why even take CJ Stroud? Yeah. You don't need him. Um
0: I I think CJ Stroud will end up. And I've just thought of this just now. Cause you mentioned it. He'll have the best career of any Ohio state um, quarterback ever because he never won anything meaningful in, in college. Whereas all the other Ohio state quarterbacks that go to the NFL, like Justin Fields and Cardell yeah. Jones, yeah. we all, legends as, as Andrew would, would call them. Um, It
2: could, it could work out that way. And I said, yeah, I said something about, about that on, on the, the short show that we had tonight. And I do think like when you're, I don't think every decision that these guys make is going to be about money. It, I guess it's a little harder to say when it's the first one, because he's at a point now where he can kickstart his earning. And even just the first, contract as an NFL rookie where he's going to get drafted. That's tr- That's life-changing money. Yeah. That's even if it's just, you know, the t- 20 million range guaranteed, or if he's up around 35, like, like just think about that. But, you know, beyond that, it, you go to the NFL, then you're getting into a party. And like, we always, we always seem to continue to talk about the contracts and the money when we're talking about our favorite athletes and guys, I mean, how many how many times does does that really not matter because everybody's rich every single person that's playing in the NFL or the NBA or professional soccer overseas these dudes are all filthy rich right. so i doubt a lot of what they do is is bound to just you know financial decisions you know once they're 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 they continue on with their careers because they want to be great at it. They want to become legends like you throwing that word around. They want to compete. They want to win. They've got that desire to be great at something like R- Ryan Day doesn't need the money anymore. Like, why is he doing it? Because he wants to prove everybody, prove to everybody that he's the dude for this job, that he can win the games that everybody thinks and wants him to win. And so I think CJ Stroud had to, you know, get to a point where he compartmentalized the failures in the big games here at Ohio state and take that soak that in and own it and let that be like the first step in his bigger career, bigger journey as to how to deal with disappointment and just still be good with myself, hearing all the negativity and the noise of all everyone in the Buckeye fan base that says, man, you suck. You couldn't beat Michigan. You, you couldn't hit the throws when it mattered down the stretch in the second half, you had the interceptions. What's wrong with you? Like, he has to be comfortable with it and leave it now knowing that that will be the closed book, not being Michigan and not being a a big, not beating Michigan and not being a big 10 champ. And you're going to have failures all over the place, whether it's in life or in the football career. So kind of step one is to him closing the, closing the book on this Ohio state chapter and, and being at peace with it, moving on.
0: Andrew, I think I'm reading your mind. There's a meme that just happened and it's basically, the handshake meme, and it's Chris Holman and C.J. Stroud, and it's Buckeye fans shitting on them for no reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's yeah. that's what really Andrew's style. Um, what's but- the what's the what's the expression with expectations? That like it's uh, forget the expression. Ohio State basketball has expectations. It's a privilege. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe not. Both both have different expectations, obviously. If with great power
2: comes great responsibility.
1: Is That what with great know? power comes great expectations. Spider Man's <laughs> no,
2: dad, yeah, but, Uncle Ben.
1: Um, Andrew is. about any other, any other school, any other. Really, be- pre Urban Meyer, C.J. Stroud with the stats he has and a Rose Bowl, you're like, this guy's unbelievable. But the college football playoff has tarnished the Rose Bowl, and that's the that's <laughs> the end credit scene to you know, (laughs) preview the next time we have you on Tim, which is, does the Rose bowl even matter anymore? But that's part two of of the Tim (laughs) hall episode. And we won't, we won't tackle that tonight. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, what we
0: do do, and you know, this well, is we end every episode and you've asked us plenty of questions, but you, you literally, we say this as a joke every time, like you'd be, you are made for this part, but you actually do this for a living. So our question, last question for you is, do you have any questions for us? And maybe maybe we steer away from hoops and college athletics in Ohio State, and you can ask us literally anything.
2: Okay, so so for Andrew, what is the coolest basketball gym you have ever watched a game in? Ooh, coolest basketball game Zoom. I've ever watched. You
1: know
0: what they call
2: it? The, the, g- the gym, the arena, the venue. The venue.
1: Definitely not Mizzou arena. Um, no way. You know, I don't, I don't really have too many, you know, items checked off on that basketball list. I've, I've said to, to Joey, I want to, you know, we, I want, we wanted to go to the Indiana game this year. It didn't happen. So I don't have one or that it's not going to happen. That game hasn't happened yet. Not to confuse people when they're listening. I don't really have a, a go-to answer with that which, which kind of sucks because I haven't been to too many, you know, cool road venues or anything like that. I will say I've watched games at Dayton for the tournament for TBT, but that wasn't like the level or environment of, you know, a Dayton game or a first four game. So I would say, you know, I've, I've had the luxury, if you want to put it, to go to Dayton and go to Xavier and some some cool venues like that, but not for actual um, college or NBA games. So I'll say I'll say yeah. Dayton, and, Dayton and Xavier, but with a little asterisk next to it.
2: No, no. And if you and if you do get a chance to go to Dayton or Xavier when they're playing. I've been to both, and they're kind of bulletproof in terms of opponents. So that's the amazing thing about those places Xavier, with what their fan base is. Yeah, is unbelievable. Sintas is unbelievable. I saw a Butler game there, uh, and it was – It was when Travis Steele, it was actually like a week before the pandemic shut down everything. And everyone kind of was still formulating their opinions on it. We're like, oh man, this COVID shit, like it's like (laughs) super flu, right? And we're kind of though, kind of looking at each other, like we're in a packed arena right now. And this COVID thing is kind of coming at us. And then seven (laughs) days later, it's like, "Eh, no NCAA tournament. So that was kind of nuts. But Kamar Baldwin did go for, I mean, 40 that night and he hit a 30 foot three at the buzzer to win. It was insane. And it it was absolutely the game that nailed the lid on the coffin for Xavier, that team that year, they were probably not going to get in the tournament and they definitely weren't getting in the tournament with that loss, but incredible environment. Joey, yes. uh, last thing for you, uh, staying on the basketball theme, what is the best high school environment you ever played in or better yet, Give me that one, but then also tell me the best player, whether that was in the Chicago scene or in college basketball, you ever went up against
0: Um, best high school environment in Chicago that I played in was in the playoffs against Notre Dame college prep at Notre Dame college prep. So it was just a road game in the playoffs, Um, all boys school, all boys student section, obviously Um, it was loud. It was rowdy. They were a top 10 team in the state. Um, We were not a top 10 team in the state. We were winning the whole game, ended up losing by one, not bitter about it at all. Um, They had a a really good player by the name of Joe Mooney. You may know his older brother, Matt Mooney, who was a stud for Texas tech. Um, Joe Mooney was an incredible high school player himself. Uh, Went to UC Davis, had an awesome career there. Um, He is not the best player I've ever played against. There's a laundry list of guys in college, but I didn't really get to play against them. You know, I just watched them courtside, really. Um, But uh, I did get to play against Ethan Happ. I was out there guarding him. He was unbelievable, obviously. Mm -hmm. The best player that I can remember um, from Ohio State, two players come to mind. Jamal Murray had 31 against us um, in, in Brooklyn. We won the game. He was outrageously good. He had like 27 points in the, in the second half, all on Cade Bates Diop. We'd still make fun of him to this day. Um, that's the first guy that comes to mind because the individual performance, but the best player, maybe in recent memory in college basketball, that gets no love Denzel Valentine was as good as any person I've ever seen. Ever college basketball player. He, uh, uh, he, he went for, he went for 20, he went for, like, 27-9-9 nine and nine in three straight games that we played them my freshman year. And all three games were within two weeks of each other. So, it was just, like, outrageous that he was putting up triple-double numbers every night, like, by accident. So, Denzel Valentine is the college answer, along with Jamal Murray. In high school, I played Evan Boudreaux at Purdue. Obviously,
1: Jalen Brunson was unbelievable. Um, Brunson's, probably, Brunson's probably – Brunson's probably – and Murray's now coming back from injury. But Brunson's probably – the the answer Next. for all levels as of right yeah. now.
2: He's your boy is turning into an insane player, man. I think Pretty some cool. people could kind of see it coming, but maybe not at that level. But I'm surprised for the Buckeye for the the college dude that you guys faced. You didn't throw a little Marcus Carr or Tony Carr, not related. <laughs> Those guys news.
0: are <laughs> washed from my memory. Marcus Carr also <laughs> wasn't that good when 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 I played him. He was really, really, really good after I left. Tony Carr though, literally, if there was a, a Mount Rushmore or you know a power rankings, he's Buckeye like, Killers of for Buckeye Killers without a doubt, top five. What about Mike Dom? Mike Dom up there for sure, definitely up there without a doubt.
1: So, all right, Tim, we're we're gonna let you go go be a parent. We're gonna let you go. Take care of your, you know, real adult responsibilities. But we we appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, this is part one. I'm not going to tell you when part two is. Disaster has to strike <laughs> for, us to, for us to get ready for or, part two, which may or, just be a loss to, to Nebraska. I do
0: oh boy! Think, I do think that if Ohio State makes the Sweet Sixteen, I feel like we should have Timmy on as to make sure we get both right. ends of the spectrum. I feel like that's a good right. compliment.
2: I love that. I love that. Whether it's Whenever, for five
0: minutes or 50 minutes, Timmy, you're joining us.
2: It's, be- it's better than when the disaster strikes. I feel like it's office space. So good Good luck with your firings, guys. I hope <laughs> it goes really well for you. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Well, brighter
0: days are ahead, Timmy. We appreciate it. This was a blast. And uh, I will see you soon. Hopefully, Andrew
2: sees you soon. All right, boys. Thanks a lot. And enjoy the hoops the rest of the way.
1: Thank you. Talk soon. We
2: hope you enjoyed
1: part one of the Timmy Hall experience part two to come soon. All, all jokes aside. Thank you, Tim. You sat down with us. You talked about everything we normally talk about. You are officially a third co-host of drive the lane. Uh, He, he would fit right in as you guys just heard heard and listened to. Um, I, I don't have much else to say besides buckle up and drive the lane and I'll pass it over to you.
0: Yeah, shouldn't we hit on Ohio State basketball a little bit here before we? <laughs>
1: yeah, we should talk a little, <laughs> um, but we do want to say shout out to Denny. Intro and outro always fire. Follow him, Denny at Denny. I think on Apple Music and and <laughs> Spotify. His his Twitter is at l underscore ombre, and then Instagram is is Denny. Hella cool. Um, so check him out because he's he's. He is definitely more on fire and hot than Buckeye basketball right now. We need to get them on the same level.
0: I'll leave you with this, Andrew. If if the listeners are here and they're listening to this episode all the way through, they will have the privilege of hearing my first ever nuclear missile mortal lock of the millennium. And that's Ohio taking the points, Ohio State versus Nebraska. Lock it in. Fred sports book you heard it here first the, the i don't even know what the number is i don't know what it is it's probably ohio state minus three and a half take it take the points lay the number
1: that is the joey lane nuclear missile mortar lock of the millennium there you go And the andrew Zolden mortar lock of millennium nebraska money line put the bank on it no I, i'm riding with joey i'm riding with uh The Ohio State line. Unless they're not favored, then I'm going Ohio State money line because they're going to win for sure.
0: Yeah, flip it if they're not favored. Yeah, the money line. Flip it. Take it all the way to the bank. I'm actually going to rip that for you guys. I'm going to
1: rip it for you at home. Do it. Ripped. Consider it ripped. Buckle up. (laughs) Rip the lane. Let's just.
0: Let's just compete really hard against Nebraska and beat them, hopefully.
3: Clocking out early, that's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, happened on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight, I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender to go and take my car to swipe. Hey, man. You're probably just gonna mumble A lot of rappers, these days really need to get them humble Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on bumble And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle